When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome back to another episode of Betches Brides. I'm your host, Fallon Carter, and a very, very Merry Christmas to you all today. Joining us is Susie Saltzman. Thank you so much, Susie, for joining us today. Susie offers an alternative to traditional fine jewelry. She draws on over a decade of experience in the jewelry industry to help educate couples as they create the engagement ring of their dreams together. And maybe today you'll be getting that bling that you so oh desired for so long. Susie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here. (laughs) We're so excited that you're here. (laughs) (laughs) So I think the question on everyone's mind, you work with couples specifically to help them craft this ring. Mm -hmm. That's basically the period on a very special day. How does one go about even preparing to budget for this timeless piece of jewelry? It's an excellent question. And I think it probably goes without saying that it's a very personal decision. There are kind of old rules or philosophies where you should be investing three months salary on an engagement ring. But I think a lot of those rules have kind of like fallen um, to the side. And I think that people really have to determine what they're comfortable with and mm-hmm. um, yeah, what feels comfortable for them. Like, I don't think it's something you should, you know, push yourself hard on in terms of budget, but what feels like a, an investment, like a gesture, but not, um, you know, pressuring yourself from a, an investment or budget perspective. And it's very similar to a wedding. It's like couples are like, how much should I spend on a wedding? And I'm like, it, it really is kind of up to you. There are averages, there are, kind of concepts of what you could spend, but it's really what works within your budget. When you're working with couples specifically on the engagement ring process, what are the conversations you're having and who are those decision makers in the room when you guys are talking? So we work with couples jointly over half of the time. So I would say probably closer to about 60% of the time we're working with both both members of, of the couple. And so it's often something that they have discussed and, and they want to be aligned on. You know, it's difficult sometimes if someone wants to and, you know, spend five or ten thousand dollars and, you know, maybe someone else was hoping the budget was 20. So, I mean, I can give you like average numbers of what we do. And, you know, there is a bit of an investment inherent to the way that we custom design rings, but it's not hugely cost prohibitive to custom design. Um, and 
we've now actually started designing with lab-grown diamonds as well. So, you know, rings of a certain carat weight are far more affordable now than they were two, three, five years ago. So that's kind of an exciting opportunity for people to consider as well. Well, you brought up the number one question, lab versus the old-fashioned way. Talk to me. (laughs) So... I, as you mentioned, when you so beautifully introduced me, I've been doing, you know, I've had my own company for about a decade and I've been working in the industry for closer to 20 years and dating myself. But when, so I started to notice an increase in interest of black grown diamonds around the pandemic, like 19 to 2020. And then in 2020, like middle to end of the year, so many people were asking for black grown diamonds. Before that, I had out of probably about a thousand rings, I had made one that was lab grown. And I can tell you now that like, it is so, it was, it became such a large interest and such a common request that I actually started a whole second company that specializes in lab grown diamond rings um, and also lab grown fine jewelry. Because even if people decide that they want a natural diamond for their engagement ring, it's now really uh it's not like taboo to have lab grown studs or like a solitaire necklace because it's a fraction of the price lab grown diamonds are now way more popular the prices have pretty much like probably bottomed out and they're interesting to people i think for two primary reasons one being that they arguably can be more sustainable than a natural diamond you're not excavating the earth you know they're being grown in laboratories so there could be an argument made that it's a smaller carbon footprint. And secondly, they're far more affordable. And a lab-grown diamond is a real diamond. I try to remain really like fact-based on the the, the topic and um, uh, try to be neutral. You know, I think that it really, at the end of the day, is a lot about personal preference. And budget almost always becomes a factor because a two-carat natural stone can be over twice what a two-carat lab-grown diamond would be. Could you give me an apples-to-apples example of a potential cost of a lab versus a natural? Absolutely. So if we were making a two-carat natural GIA-certified diamond, very high quality, of course, it's going to range a little bit depending upon quality of the stone, shape of the stone, the actual setting. But that in this market and natural diamond prices are at an all-time high a two carat high quality GIA certified natural diamond ring is going to cost you above $20,000. In some cases, $30,000, $40,000, depending upon the quality of the stone. We will, we can still custom design a setting, use an even higher quality two carat lab grown diamond, and the total investment for that ring inclusive of the custom design and setting and everything can be closer to like the, I'd say nine and a half to twelve and a half thousand dollar range. Yeah. Uh, I know. Uh, I know. And you said my favorite word, sustainable. So, (laughs) but lab drones are tricky because they're not as regulated, meaning like it's a man-made substance. So you have a bit of a range of quality. So in my opinion, it's like, uh, and people can be a bit lenient with the grading and what laboratory they're using to grade the stone. So if you're selecting a lab grown diamond, I think buying it online is even riskier than buying a natural stone. Like, I think you really want to work with someone who is going to, you know, um, supply you like the whole experience, right? Like selecting a lab grown diamond um, and really making sure it's a high quality stone, but also that you're, you know, getting the type of setting and, and the whole package and experience that you want. Okay. So right now when you're working with couples, 
what's kind of the next step to, do I need to share inspiration? Does my, does my partner need to know? Like, talk to me about kind of crafting it. What's that process like? Thanks. That's like the really fun part. Um, so, and people usually come to me knowing or having some inclination whether or not they want lab or or natural. Um, and if they don't, like again, I try to just remain very neutral on that topic. And whether we proceed with a natural diamond or a lab-grown diamond, we go through a really thorough sourcing process together. So um, we take a small deposit because we're doing like quite a bit of work up front to source diamonds for people. We meet with them either virtually or in person where we narrow it down to anywhere between like five and 10, or in some cases, 12 diamonds that we're presenting them. Um, and that first round of sourcing is intended to be really educational. So we're kind of talking you through like the four C's and ultimately like hoping we help you fall in love with the diamond and um, decide what, you know, what is your stone. And at that point, then we really get into design. Um, but it is helpful when people have some idea of what they want. Like, do they want a solitaire? Or do they want a three stone ring? Um, and knowing what shape diamond they want is also really, really helpful. A lot of times when people come to me, they have some idea of what they want. And we have signature styles. We have like branded collections under, you know, my namesake brand. And I think people typically kind of like fall in love with that overall aesthetic or vibe. And then we can kind of extract details from one style and another and kind of piece them together and and give people creative control over little details that matter, like the height of the diamond off your finger, like the not sexy details, but that if you don't get those little <laughs> things right, like the band with like, or the way that the wedding band fits with your ring, it can be really like heartbreaking for people in the end. So I like to think that we've kind of mastered extracting all the info we need to then custom design someone's dream ring. And that's, you bring up a, a valid point, M matching the wedding band with the engagement ring. So you're kind of doing those activities together. So I like to ask the question up front because one of the many beauties of custom designing an engagement ring is that you can consider how you want a band to fit. And one of the most important details to whoever is going to be wearing this ring is going to be if the if a wedding band can sit flush or if there's like a little gap or space. And I think it drives most people nuts when there's like a little bit of a space between the two rings. So we don't have to know what wedding band you want. We just have to kind of know if you have a fit preference. And um, as long as you have like a delicate or, you know, not a huge statement eternity band, we have, you know, master being able to design a ring that's still low. It's not like toppling off the finger, but still, you know, will allow for bangers. I love When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. 
That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Understanding, let's say, there's an heirloom moment. They've been gifted something from a great-great-grandmother or there's some, something in the family. How, do, how does one go about kind of potentially taking those stones and turning it into something that is more modern and fits their needs? Or what's kind of that process of making an heirloom kind of brought up to date or maybe keeping it as is? It's one of my favorite projects to work on because there's just so much sentiment and love and emotion. Like out of the gate. And, you know, like for a lot of people, it's, it's bittersweet or it's sad, you know, where the sentiment comes from. Like sometimes it's a, you know, a parent who has passed away and this is really their way of like carrying that person not only into their wedding, but into this next chapter of, of their life. Um, so it's really special and we approach it, you know, not dissimilarly to if we were sourcing and selecting the diamond on our own, where it's really about this diamond being like, the centerpiece. We, the design, my approach to design is that like, we really want to highlight the uniqueness of this diamond and showcase the beauty. And that looks different for everyone, you know, but it's different, but it's the same. Every ring is going to have to have like a gallery resetting the part that holds the diamond and then the shank or the band that goes around the finger. So, you know, it's like understanding, do you want something vintage inspired? Do you want something delicate? Do you want something chunky or bold? Do you want it to feel like an engagement ring? You know, sometimes with heirloom pieces, people are setting them in necklaces, you know, like wearing them closer to the heart. So it really depends upon, I'd say, the piece that they want to set the diamond into and then what their overall kind of style or aesthetic is. And we can do really cute, sweet things. Like, for example, on the back of necklaces, we've done little engraved tags that have like a birth date or like a baby's initials, or we've embedded stones on the inside of rings that are like the birth stones of like deceased parents. So we, we try to yeah, have some fun and, and creativity with that. You can get a little saucy. I'm here for it. <laughs> but it sounds like there's like so many options, like working with the jewelers, kind of the best way to go about this. Like, because you have so many, I, I would never have thought of those ideas. Like that's all those personal touches are beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, I like to think that like, that's one, again, like it's not just, when you decide to custom design a ring, it's not just about like making something that's pretty, right? Like there's a whole experience that we want to exchange with the clients that we take on. And we, not everybody works that way. And also custom is defined like very, very loosely in the industry. People will like take componentry, meaning like a, a basket and a shank and they'll solder them together and say it's a custom piece and they're they're not wrong but like we work very differently where we're not retrofitting your stone into anything that exists like even if we're repeating a proprietary design of mine that's a signature style like we scan in your diamond build your setting around your stone um, and it just allows people to feel like really intimately involved in building something that's like a keepsake a keepsake excuse me like it's it's an heirloom it's intended to have emotion. So I think allowing people to be really personally involved in that process um, really impacts 
what it means to them years down the road. And that brings me to my next question. What is the best way to approach kind of bringing your partner along and making this like an kind of like a group effort? Just because traditionally it's kind of like a, I know you said a lot of your couples are really kind of coming or you said 60% are coming together. But for the most part, it's usually like one partner is the one who's the head decision maker and, and presents the ring to partner two. And it's supposed to be this magical thing, but how does one go about kind of making this a group effort? (laughs) This is one of my favorite questions because it looks so different than it looked even 10, 12, 15 years ago. Like I remember my older siblings getting proposed to and like, they had no clue what the ring was going to look like. So I love that, like, the person who's going to wear the ring gets a say, you know, like, this is what I want. It's typically a large investment, usually one of the biggest investments that a couple has made to date. So it's nice to know that you're going to do this together and that you're not guessing, you know, like, you know, that that your partner is going to love what you do. So I've had a couple of people get like really creative and they'll like surprise their partner. Like we have people fly in often from out of town because we're based in in New York and and lower Manhattan, um, which is where we see our clients. And people will like pretend like they're coming in for the weekend and going to lunch. And then it's like, surprise. And I always love that. Like, it's just really fun um, and a fun way to kind of kick off the process. We've had other people like write notes. And then there are other people who are just really open in their relationship. And they're like, I want a ring from Susie. And you know, they have a supportive partner and they do it together. And I also like to think that like we've mastered the um, kind of like the extracting what's important from the couple, right? Like understanding stylistically what they want. I know the key questions to ask so that like I can then kind of run full steam with design. And at some point, whoever is going to be wearing the ring bows out of the process, right? Like we can be vague or even mislead them with timeline. Like I've had guys be like, oh, or people be like, can you tell them that it takes six months to make? Like, you know, there are fun ways to still make sure that there's an element of surprise. I am going to go on Pinterest after this and start creating a mood board of the ring that I want. I just thought of that so that I can make sure that you're ready when, when my person comes along, but pin in that timing. Mm-hmm. How long does it take to make a ring? We have custom made rings as in as little as a week and a half. It is not ideal. Like we can do some, I, and I can't even be boastful. Like I have a, a team of people who are helping me like engineers, building the rings, jewelers, setters. I'm kind of the one just like, you know, managing all of it. So they're the ones that we have, we have thankfully wonderful, exclusive relationships with them. And so they'll do us favors and can rush things. But a normal timeline that we prefer to work with is two to three months. If we have, you know, four weeks, like that sometimes is enough. It, it, it depends upon how smoothly each segment of the process goes. And then it also depends upon how complex the design is. Like, are there a lot of small diamonds or pave work? Because the, you know, time to custom make that and set all of those small diamonds takes a lot longer than a solitaire. So a general answer is two to three months, but there's always, you know, a little bit of wiggle room. We try to work with people. And one of the questions we ask up front is, you know, if there's uh, a timeline or when they're hoping to propose by, and we try to do our best to make sure they can get their plans done. But like, if we can weave this back in, 
you pin, pin away, figure out what you want, but like, you don't have to wait. Also, like we're coming out with a collection next year. That's going to be right hand ring. I don't know if you know, I'm single. I'm a single mom. Like (laughs) I want to rock a right hand ring. Like get inspired. Like you should, you don't have to wait for no one, wait for nothing. You are like perfect and loved and lovable and beautiful as you are. So start pinning and we can talk offline. (laughs) Right hand ring. I'm here for that (laughs) until I get my left hand ring. That's right. That's right. Craziest engagement story. If you can share like the quickest turnaround, one of these, like somebody came in and like hit me hard with something. (laughs) nothing is is like my mind immediately goes to like some of these like horrible stories where like people like just make it's like what why like don't please don't propose like in the snow or like in the ocean like just like just don't do it even if you have insurance like just don't do it I I mean I can tell you like the the craziest turnaround time was this one ring that we made in a week and a half and I was like sweating bullets like I think my everyone on the team was like hyperventilating over it. Um, timeline stressful. And like, if people have plans, like you, you mess them up if you don't hit the timeline. So yeah, it was just a whirlwind of, you know, and it's also like, of course, when there's the pressure of time, things never go perfectly. Right. It's like, Oh, we thought that this three millimeter stone was going to work, but we need a four and a half. So hurry up and run and go, you know, it's just chaos. But I like to think that like, the experience on top, it's like, what do they say? Like a duck or a swan above water where like every, the experience should feel very like, but underneath sometimes we're like, oh my God, oh my God, are we going to get it done? But knock on wood, we almost always get it done. Um, I, I'm sweating even just thinking about it. A week turnaround, I'd be like, what, you're proposing what? I'm sure at the top of a mountain and you've already calculated it and the time is, you mastered the sunrise and the sunset and my ring is the only thing that's standing in the way of this being the success. No pressure. <laughs> and like Courtney, who is like my right hand, she'll tell you, like, she's always like, just say we can't do it. And like, I hate to say no. So I'm like, well, we'll try. Like, well, you know, we're always willing to try. But um, sometimes it's more stress than, stress than it's worth. And like the last thing that you want to do is like compromise the integrity or the quality of somebody's ring. So like timeline is definitely something we like to discuss up front. And I like to think that like most people, if you want to custom design a ring, like I don't think most people are expecting to have it in a couple of weeks. Except for, of course, some people who are just like, everything happens in, in the night. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll get a few more of them before the end of the year, which is why I'm like, you know what? No, we can't, but you can go shop these few rings that are ready to ship if you know, you've waited too long and now you have to propose. Um, so, and, and here you are. What's one thing that you wish more of your couples knew about this engagement ring process? I wish people, and I think this is actually happening. I think people are starting to kind of like reframe or redefine what investment means when it comes to an engagement ring. Like, and this ties back primarily to lab grown diamonds versus natural diamonds because I think that people, one of the biggest deterrents, like if someone only wants to sell you a natural diamond, they're going to tell you there's no buyback market for lab grown diamonds. It's true. Like if you wanted to go sell back that ring in five weeks or five years or 15 years, no one's going to buy it back for you anywhere close to, to what you paid for it. And no one may be willing to buy it back at all. 
However, it's not that dissimilar with natural diamonds, meaning like if you want to go sell that ring, even 20 years down the road when hypothetically it should have increased in value, if the general rule is if you get like a sixth of what you paid, it's considered a good return. So I think that people should really look at this as like it's it's an heirloom and it's an investment and it's a value because of the emotion that it holds instead of like looking at it from a strictly financial perspective. And I think that just opens up what people are able to do together um, and allows them to be more creative. And um, that's really what my hope is for the process. We want it to feel like joyful and fun. And again, my hope is that like we're taking the stress out of it and replacing it with like connection and intimacy between couples, because I think otherwise it can be a very intimidating process. I I think people should just be a little bit more open to like what it means, the sentiment and like, you know, redefining what investment means when it comes to a piece of fine jewelry. I love that. That's a, that's a really great close as we transition now to some emails. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, we love your emails, my friends. Please continue to send them to brides at betches.com. Slide in our DMs. You know where to find us. We love to hear from you. And we've got two emails about rings. So we're going to get right into it. I'm going to read the first one. So, my fiance proposed to me in the most beautiful, spectacular, surprising way. And I am so very happy. I love. L-O-V-E is capital. I love the ring. And it's exactly, all capital letters, exactly what I wanted. I feel bad saying this and maybe I'm overthinking it because we have IG to compare our rings to. But I want another carrot. I can afford it. So my question is, do I do it and not tell? I don't even know he would notice. Would I need to tell the original jeweler since he had it insured? I don't even know if it's possible to add to a ring or if I need a whole other diamond, it's even hard to think to begin the conversation with the jeweler. Help. Do I drop it or wait for a push present? Mm. This is a hard question. Not an uncommon question. (laughs) I hate to say that, but it, people, I think a lot of times are like, "Mm." I wish it were a little bigger and Instagram can do that. It's also part of why everyone wants a lap grown ring because you can get so much more. So I would say live with it for a while, live with it for three months, for six months, start planning your wedding and see how much, you know, all of, all of that costs. And, and you know, your relationship better than anyone else. Like, is your partner going to be like, yeah, sure. Cool. We'll get whatever you want. Or are they going to feel upset about it or hurt or, um, again, like the sentiment is kind of, uh, or the emotion and, and love is not, um, is kind of lost if you're redoing something together to answer the more technical questions. Like if you want another carrot, yes, you'll need a whole new diamond and more likely than not, you will need a whole new setting. 
Um, and it's not to say that it can't be done, like, especially if it's a natural diamond, the majority of what you've invested or spent is going to be in that diamond. And if you have a good relationship with your jeweler and you, your jeweler should be, you know, kind enough, uh, to do this, um, they should take it back and, you know, issue you a credit and help you with a new one. So maybe you do it as a five year anniversary gift, but sit with it for a while and then. I would say assess how comfortable like or what it's going to feel like for your partner before you open up the conversation. That's great advice. I like the sit with it three months, six months. I definitely like the five year, but I'm still stuck on the I love it. It's exactly what I want. But is it? Do you love it? Is it exactly what you want? And I'm also under like the thought of what is an extra carrot going to do other than just make it look bigger? Is that going to do anything for your love for each other? Does that one extra carrot represent anything more meaningful about the gift itself? Um, and I think we've asked, answered a question like this before. I'm like, we, about a ring. I'm like, why, why are you trying to change it? They, they did something like that's so nice. And you're over here like, can we make it bigger? <laughs> yeah. like, yes. Yes, you can. But also, just, I don't know. I'm coming from like a, just be grateful. But I, yes. <laughs> also, it then changes the whole thing. You know, it's like, it's, it's, what is that conversation going to do for the meaning around all of this? Right. So I, that's why it's like, you know, your partner best. Like if it's going to really be upsetting and damaging, like don't do it to your point. Like it doesn't change. It's not changing your love, you know? Yeah, I agree. So let's, well, but I do say sleep on it because if you're like, oh, it's great, but let's, if you do have the money to do it, y- yes, you can, but good call is if it's going to, if it's going to ruffle some feathers, it ain't worth it, honey. <laughs> All right. Hello, Betches Brides. While I am a future bride and a lover of the pod, I have a ring dilemma surrounding my friend that I hope you can help me with. My best friend thinks her boyfriend is going to propose. Very exciting. And she has been sending me photos of engagement rings she wants me to have ready if he asks for advice. So here's the issue. She has been sending me fantasy-themed engagement rings. While beautiful, the rings all have fairy wings, elven script, or a variety of fantasy elements to it. Again, while beautiful, these rings very much look like costume jewelry. I'm not here to yuck someone's yum, but I'm wondering if I should try and talk her out of these themed rings or should I just let it go and hope they can afford another ring if she changes her mind down the road? Hmm. I think Hmm. you should go out and have some fun and try some rings on together and make it a whole process because you don't want to tell someone what they don't want. You want them to come to the conclusion that it's not what they want. So embrace it. Be like, oh, awesome. Have you seen any of these in person? These look so cool. I'm so curious. What's the meaning behind these? Where can we go try some on? And then go try other things on and just have your friend, like have a conversation about it and have some fun. And and I don't know, see if maybe that leads her down a different path. That is an amazing tip. Thanks. I mean, this is supposed to be a fun process. Like, and there are really no rules. Like, go out and have fun. Go with your girlfriends. Go with 
your mom, go, you know, go with whoever, but like have fun and figure out what you want and, and make sure. And like, you can be timeless and, you know, have fun and, and creative. I think rare is a person who really wants and ends up loving something that's like super unconventional. Hmm. Interesting. I was going to say, cause my, when I read this, I was like, oh, well, if that's what she wants, don't, don't imprint your worldview or what you want on what her wants are. But I like the concept of exposing one to a variety of different options for said ring. And maybe she can just add the Elvin script on the inside of a lovely solitaire. <laughs> yeah. Or like have fun with band rings or do other things. But also like this fairy trend is like super new. So it's like I'm always – it's thrilling. It's exciting because everybody wants something that no one else has, right? But it's like, you know, when you make a bad decision with a pair of shoes or a purse and you're like, gosh, I wish I – you know, I wish I would have like not rushed like – See if you still love it in three months or six months, the same kind of, you know, advice, but um, try things on, sit with it for a while. And this really is like, it's something that you're going to want to love and wear every day for a very long period of time. So maybe think about what you're going to love now and when you're 30 and 40 and 50 and 70 and, you know, if it's still going to feel as beautiful then. I think that's one of the best advice, right? What I'm hearing from you is don't rush. Take your time. Sit with it. All of those things are like, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's like buying a house, buying a car. Like you should do, you know, look around and really have some conviction about what you want because it can, you know, it's shiny and beautiful and it can, a lot of things can be really exciting, but you, you know, you want to just see if your taste changes even in a short period of time. So this feels like picking out a tattoo. I'd be like, <laughs> I sure hope I love this saying in about five months from now. <laughs> right. Well, and for some people they do get stuck on permanently. One of my girlfriends just had to have her engagement ring cut off her finger in the hospital. It happens. I mean, like, I know, don't be scared. It's like, she's the only person I know that it's happened to. It's not that permanent. In those cases. And even that, they were able to cut it off. So, Oh, I'm so sad for her. Why? why I, have, I have to have a backstory. What happened? Did her fingers get so swollen? And it happens. Like, I gained weight when I was pregnant. You know, like a lot of people, if, if you wear your ring all the time and never take it off, and then your finger size changes, like you can get your ring stuck on permanent, permanently. I mean, I would panic. I'd be so claustrophobic. But and then she had a, a procedure and they couldn't get it off. So they had to like, cut it off her finger. I mean, they cut the ring off, not her, her finger off, obviously, but my jeweler's trying to like salvage it now. It's, it's, it happens. It's not very common. Heart emojis to her. (laughs) (laughs) Now let's play a game of unpopular opinions brought to you by Jewelers Mutual. As we learned, accidents can happen. That's where Jewelers Mutual comes in. Jewelers Mutual insurance covers things like damage and disappearance, which gives you the peace of mind and confidence when wearing all your jewelry. And that's always popular. But for now, let's get into our first unpopular opinion. You ready? I'm ready. I'm nervous. Okay. 
All right, it's going to be easy. This is a the game is called Unpopular Opinions. So my producer has picked out a few of our listeners' unpopular opinions, and it's our job to discuss if we agree or disagree. The first one is, darling, you can give your partner something else in place of an engagement ring. It depends on what that something else is. But generally, probably not. <laughs> what about you? I mean, I wouldn't be mad at like a Tuscan villa, a private jet, a yacht. Mm, I have a few ideas, <laughs> but they could come along. I would, yeah, I would. But we're all traditional. We've we've all drunk the Kool Aid. I I still would love that for sure. But yes, you can. You can give them anything is possible, especially yeah, anything is possible. I'm on board with all the things you listed, but not like a necklace or a pair of earrings. Like, no, <laughs> it's a ring or a villa. Basically, those are your options. <laughs> Done. I, we should name we should name the episode. It should be a ring or a villa. <laughs> yeah. I'm like anything that could generate more revenue for me, like yeah. create another business. You could buy me a hotel. Yeah, I wouldn't mind an olive grove. You know, we're here. We're, we could talk. <laughs> okay. Having a child as a ring bearer always ends in disaster. I, I disagree. I mean, that's like part of, part of what it is. But I'm, I'm biased because I, ha- I have a child. Look, I think for most people, they, if you are, if you're getting married and you don't let, yet have children, it's chaos, and you're not really like it. It can be more of an irritation than anything else. But as a mom, I'm like, oh, that mess up or that silly thing. Like that's what life's about. Like. If they're really important to you, like you're not doing it for them to like be perfect. You're doing it for them to like be there. And pro tip, you're not giving the real rings to the ring bear. Okay. Why did I even answer that question? You should be the one answering that question because what the heck is that like for you? Is it like one of the most stressful things? I'm never giving a toddler a set of diamond or gold bands to walk down said, absolutely not. It's a show. It's like Instagram guys. It's not real. It's they walk down the aisle. They have a pillow. There's nothing on it. They just walk. Sometimes they don't even make it. So I can't count on them to get the rings to the end of the aisle that I, I cannot count on them. If you have a ring bear, they are symbolic baby. Your rings should go with your best man. Generally, I have the best man put on both rings on his little pinky or put them in a pocket square so that I know they are there. Or your maid of honor can have them in a little pouch, something. Or better yet, give them to the officiant before you walk down the aisle. Game changer. Sold. Do not give them to anyone under the age. Well, actually... Just don't give them to anyone that's been drinking. Don't give them to anyone that's been... There's a lot of people you shouldn't give those rings to. But don't give them to anyone under five. Period. <laughs> oh, man. You're you're the right person to be answering that question. I was like, it does not always end a disaster if you don't set them up to be a disaster. <laughs> um, oh, this goes back to what we were just talking about. I never take my ring off, even in the shower. It's fine. Meaning like everyone wears their rings differently. I take my rings off the second I get home. I also like work out almost every morning. You should, there are certain activities that you should not be wearing your ring for. Like if you're weightlifting, 
don't do it. You're going to damage your ring at some point. If you're in the ocean, if you're cleaning with harsh chemicals, if you're swimming because your fingers can kind of shrink in water, which can, it happened to one of my clients in the shower, her ring fell off her finger and went down the drain. Again, it's one person, but like these things happen. So you have to know yourself. You have to like, some people live in their jewelry and they're fine. They sleep in it, they shower and it's no big deal. But you know, generally there are some things I would, I would suggest taking your jewelry off for. You take your rings off right when you get home? Yeah. It's like the first thing I do all my jewelry. Like I can't sleep in my earrings. I can't like, it's, mm. it's like taking your bra off. That's like the, like, <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I can't sleep in earrings. I can't, I don't shower or anything. And like, I like everything to be really cleansed. How do, I know this is an unpopular opinion, but cleaning your ring, how often should you clean it? I, uh, again, everyone wears their jewelry differently. Meaning like some people, if you're wearing your ring all the time, you have lotion on it and stuff like Diamonds are magnets for oil. They love hand lotion. Even if you touch the, like most people take their ring off and they touch the stop of the mm. top of their diamond, like you're going to get the top of your stone dirty, but it's really typically like underneath where like dirt and debris and lotion and oil from your hands can, can gather and they get dirty. So, I mean, I don't think you need to clean your ring more than like once every like few weeks. I think that's a little excessive, but I would definitely like have the stone checked and have it professionally cleaned like every six to 12 months. But cleaning, it's really easy. Just put like a little dish soap in warm water, let your ring soak and then take it out and brush really gently with a toothbrush. And I mean, you can do it every week. It's not going to damage your ring, but I think it's a little excessive. All right. Good to know. All right. Last unpopular opinion, skip the ring insurance. You don't need it. Do you want to answer that one for me? (laughs) Good luck, sister. <laughs> exactly. That's what it's there for in case it like accidentally falls off of the ocean or into the toilet or something like just get it. It really, in most cases, is is quite affordable. You know, for an average engagement ring, your insurance annually should like max out at like, I'd say 150 to 200 dollars annually. And that's on the high end. So like generally people can pay anywhere from like seven to probably like 20 or 30 dollars a month. And I think it's totally worth it. I have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Just do it. Just do it. Period. And thanks again to Jewelers Mutual for sponsoring this week's Unpopular Opinions. I mean, you heard Susie, having insurance for your engagement ring is so important, if not imperative. That's why Jewelers Mutual has been providing jewelry insurance for your most treasured accessories for over 100 years. Jewelers Mutual covers things like damage and disappearance, which homeowners or your renter's insurance may not. Their insurance policies typically have low to no deductible options compared to homeowners, which could cost you over $500. And I love that Jewelers Mutual works with your preferred jeweler to repair or replace your ring with a replacement of like, kind, and quality. Be confident wearing your jewelry this holiday season. Go get a quote today by visiting jewelersmutual.com slash Betches. That's J-E-W-E-L-E-R-S-M-U-T-U-A-L.com slash Betches. Susie, any parting words, any last thoughts, tokens of wisdom? That I adore you in this podcast. It's been such a treat. And um, I'm just so grateful to to be here and to, to be here with you. Right back at you. All right. That's it for this week's episode of Betches Brides. Susie, 
Where can people follow you and find your beautiful diamonds, darling? Thank you. You can follow me on Instagram at susiesaltzman.com, S-U-S-I-E. Um, or you could check out our lab-grown brand called Reverence Jewelry on Instagram. Those are the two best places to get inspired. Awesome. I love it. You guys can follow the show at Betches Brides on Instagram. You can follow me at I am Fallon Carter. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. We'll have new episodes every single Monday, so please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Until death do us part. Batches.